Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor, and joining me is uh, Chris Johnson, my ever-faithful sidekick and co-host. Chris, good to be with you again today. Thank you, Lynn. It's a rainy day in Middle Tennessee, but it's not cold, so and it's not snowing, so uh, all of those things are good. Well, I'll just have to tell you, since we've been in this uh, COVID-19 world, which changed that we work from home all the time, I got to love that. I had a meeting downtown Nashville today uh, to be at, and last night, the person who called the meeting said, you know, it's raining, so let's just meet on Zoom today. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably a good thing. There was a pretty bad traffic uh, jam. Yes. Well, I did not complain about having to stay home, but I am glad that uh, with the wonders of technology, we can be in our separate homes here and still be together to do this podcast. Joining Chris and I is Christina Zimmerman. Christina, thank you for joining the, the podcast today. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. This is not work for me when I am on a podcast with you and Chris, Lynn. It's more fun <laughs> than I should have. So thank you for inviting me. Well, that's great. And of course, Christina is no, uh, she's no stranger to our podcast. She's been with us many, many times. And we're going to talk a little bit later on in the uh, podcast about specifically what Christina does. But I'm just going to give you this little teaser here that Christina works on a, I'm going to call it a sister resource for Bible Studies for Life. And it's called the U Curriculum. And Christina does an absolutely wonderful job, incredibly great job with the curriculum. I thoroughly enjoy working alongside her with this. Well, Glenn, I am uh, appreciating the fact that you have once again been complimentary of one of our (laughs) Fellow podcast uh, participants, uh, you've been very consistent in this uh, whole series of lessons, and it's an appropriate time for you to do that because uh, we're talking about encouragement. Uh, okay, all our, right. Our author talks with us, t- begins this with a story about uh, a, someone, a pastor that he knew who every week would write five to ten letters of encouragement to people in his congregation. And I just have to tell you, I admire that kind of discipline. Uh, Boy, it's it's needed, uh, no doubt. Uh, But uh, Randy just talked about the fact that uh, this guy just just made it a practice every Monday. Well, I I think this is a great practice. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, if you're a teacher, you're a class member, anything you do, writing notes like that. It's incredible. As an interim pastor, I write notes all the time. I mean, I don't have a discipline set number I do, but if anyone does anything in the church, no matter how small or insignificant that I'm aware of, I just drop them a note of saying thank you. And I, I can tell from comments they make, that means the world to them. It's a great discipline and it's a great idea for those of you who uh, listen to the podcast and you lead groups. Yes. Uh, and and, and I will tell you too, if you guys, if you have a wife who's a scrapbooker and makes cards, you don't have to buy a single card. My wife, I just say, Hey, I need a card for a guy. That's a thank you. And pretty soon she'll show up with a custom made card. So I am set to go. She makes me look good. <laughs> well, now that is actually the truth because I've gotten a couple of your cards and I'm always impressed. I'm like, wow, where, how did Lynn come up with this? Now, now I know. 
Yeah, so, anyway, so we are talking about encouragement here. Uh, in particular, to, we're going to look at the Church of Philadelphia. Now, Chris, I, 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 I want to turn this back to you because remind us, there is a pattern with all these churches that we've been looking at. In the study of the church that God desires, we're looking at the seven churches uh, in the book of Revelation that are uh, found in chapters two and three. This is our sixth session, and we're talking about this, the, the church at Philadelphia. We'll talk more about the city in just a moment. But one of the things that, that is a pattern uh, is that uh, G- Jesus typically would say to the church, um, I, I know this about you and would compliment the church and talk about some of the great things that they do or some of the things they do well. Most of the time he would say to those church, to those same churches, but I've I've got an issue with you. I have this against you. And he would speak directly to, to that as well. Several of the churches, he just has negative things to say. The church of Philadelphia is unique in that he just has positive things to say about this church. And we'll look at that in just a few minutes. Well, I'll admit it's one of my favorite churches of the revelation two and three to read. And and why is that? that? It's one of my favorites. Simply for that reason, uh, they're just doing everything just like they should. There's, okay. there's no, no rebuke on them. We don't know a lot about the church in Philadelphia or the city of Philadelphia. Uh, it, it was c- compared to the others, it's considered one of the younger cities. Uh, it was known for rich soil and for its vineyards. Uh, it was not known for a statue of Rocky that will come to, <laughs> <laughs> that will come to another city of Philadelphia centuries later. Uh, but but uh, let's just kind of jump into this, this passage. And Christine, I want to uh, I want to just read the passage, and I'd love to get some insights from you on this uh, as we look at this passage. This begins in Revelation three verse seven, and what we want to see at the beginning here is that entrance into God's kingdom is secure for those of us who've trusted in Christ. Listen to what he says here. Write to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Thus says the Holy One, the true one, the one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will close and who closes and no one opens. I know your works. Look, I have placed before you an open door that no one can close because you have but little power. Yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Good word. It, it, so those, here are those positive things that Jesus had to say. Uh, you have endured, even though you're small, weak, something like that. With You have limited strength. Uh, you have kept Christ's word, and you have remained faithful to the name of Jesus. So those were things that were very positive about the Church of Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, and we learn something about Jesus in these verses as well. We see that he holds the key of David. That means that he has the authority, and this is author- the authority that only Jesus has. He has the authority to open the door to the kingdom of God. And when he opens it, no one can close it. Churches, pastors, preachers, No one can close that door. And that's our door to salvation. And so he had, you know, with that authority, he has the authority to close that door as well. And when he closes it, no one can open it. And once it's closed, that means that judgment is imminent. So this is something that we all need to know about Jesus. And then it helps us understand that that we have a set time to do the work that he's called us to do. And that is to share the gospel. Mm, 
That's right. Now's the time. Today is the day. Don't hesitate. There's no guarantee that there's an opportunity down the road. I mean, you know, and we want to say to people, you know, it's never too late. We want you to say yes to the Lord Jesus, but there needs to be that, that kind of almost counterbalance of, you know, we don't know the hour, the door's open now, you should step through as opposed to uh, waiting till it's too late to step through the door and when the door is closed. I, I like the, the uh, one thing they're commended for is to say, hey, they kept his word. We've seen with some of the other churches, there was a, while they were committed for certain acts of faithfulness, there were other ways they tolerated or they, they compromised in other areas. This is a church. No, that's what God's word says. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to live. That's what we're going to believe. And uh, boy, what a good reminder for us as culture seems to always be calling us to change our views or, and that's kind of outdated what you're believing. No, we just need to keep his word. Yes, absolutely, Lynn. And, and that word includes being faithful to the work again, you know, going back to that, to the work that God has called us to do. Because our culture challenges us to be involved in so many different issues out there. You know, for example, the social justice issues, uh, issues related to abortion, issues related to same-sex marriage, and those are all good. Don't hear me say that the church should not be involved in those things, but sometimes we allow that to be the primary focus of our ministry in the church, when our primary focus should be the, the spirit of the gospel, the spirit of the gospel so that people can be saved. You know, so, yes, we need the social justice issues. We need to pay attention to those and to reach out the way God leads us to. But don't forget that primary work and that primary work is spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good word. Uh, we've mentioned a couple of times as we've gone along with there's in our culture, there's that cult, culture of tolerance and how we we need to be mindful and we need to be open and we need to know that um, we need to be sensitive to other people. But tolerance sometimes gets to the place where uh, it the, the the pressure that people put on Christians in the church is uh, in your quest to be tolerant it means you don't do some things and you don't push your agenda and you don't use the name you don't talk about jesus uh specifically and 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 here uh the church has is commended for not denying his name uh i heard recently a, a guy talking about uh, he he was one of the uh, people who has uh, done prayers at inaugurations uh, as a pastor in California. And, uh, you know, they, there was always the question or, or not a lot of instruction given, but that, that, that tolerance crowd was like, okay, but now you say the prayer, but don't, don't mention the name. And it was like, he was like, I can't not mention his name. That's who, <laughs> that's who I stand for. That's, that's why I'm here. That's of, of course, I'm going to pray in Jesus name. So you, 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 we have to understand that that still goes on in our, in our culture, that that challenge to, to deny his name. And, and this church is commended because they did not deny 
his name. I've mentioned a couple of times when we've, as we've been talking through Revelation, that passage out of Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, Jesus, Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. So we, we, we need that word today, I think, probably Certainly more so sure than we do. have at other times. But I think even as we, we remain faithful to God's <clears throat> word, we do not deny his name. You know, and then sometimes even when we feel like, well, yeah, that might get me in trouble or, you know, I might, might lose some advantages I have. We just trust him, trust him. And, and, and in that sense, too, to trust God's protection over us. And I want us to see that uh, as we look into, as we continue reading in this letter. Let me pick up in verse nine, where he says, note this, I will make those from the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews and are not but are lying, I will make them come and bow down at your feet and they will know that I have loved you because you have kept my commands to endure. I will also keep you from the hour, this hour of testing that is going to come to the whole world to test those who live on the earth. Christina, I think you did um, the, the leader pack item that we featured in this that talked about those names and some of those uh, things like synagogue of Satan um, and other uh, terms that we find in this passage um, that just uses a help as a handout to show what those statements mean. I'm looking at uh, our, our key word says that. Um, um, right. That the, yeah, I, I do remember uh, the synagogue of Satan somewhat. I, I, I have a note here that it was, uh, you know, Jesus was, he said here that I would make those from the synagogue of Satan. So he was telling those like the Jewish faction that harassed the believers in Smyrna. And that's in Revelation 2 and 9. These Jews rejected Jesus. The synagogue of Satan, they rejected Jesus and persecuted his followers in Philadelphia. So so that he calls them um, uh, in name only. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, they are lying. They, they, they really uh, uh, are not true. Uh, yeah. And that's a pretty big slam. It's not just saying you're you're a synagogue of unbelievers. No, you're a synagogue. Of Satan, you know, what I mean, it's just got that. Yeah. Anything worse about them? No, uh, because if they're not living for Christ, as Jesus said, you're either for me or you're against me. Pretty ominous. Wow. That's true. It sure is. So because you have endured, they will know that I've loved you. You kind of chuckled when you read that. That's a beautiful passage. Right. <laughs> I like that. Uh, you've kept my command to endure. So Jesus said his promises. Um, I'm going to keep you um, when, when a time of testing comes. So the big question here is, uh, is this the great tribulation? And what is the great tribulation? And what is, how, how does that play out for believers? Well, this is very controversial, that's for sure. You know, some people interpreted that Christians will be spared from the great tribulation but some believe that the church will go through it, but they will be kept by God. And then still others believe that the church has suffered down through the ages, 
you know, so that's been our tribulation. So, you know, but does that matter? I, I don't think it matters to Jesus right here. If it had, I, I believe that he would have defined it for us. <laughs> he would have interpreted that for us. <laughs> this is interesting. I, I, just a few weeks ago, a good friend of mine called and uh, we usually talk about, we have specific agenda items to talk about. And uh, he said, man, I need to ask you a few questions. I don't, I haven't really thought through all that I believe about end times and all that. And uh, it, it, it was an interesting conversation that we that we had, and he one of the things we talked about was the issue of the tribulation. Uh, do we believe in the pre-tribulation that Christians get are removed from the seat that when that when tri, when the great tribulation happens, do they get removed from it, or do they endure it? Uh, here, Jesus says to this church, "I'll I'll." I'll keep you i'll protect you does that that mean he's gonna take them out or is he's going to be with them uh through it and so that goes right back to the issue that you talked about uh, christina uh so i you know i think we um it, it, if we're all honest we all want it, it to be pre-tribulation <laughs> we don't want to have to experience that we'd like to get out uh but I, my my kind of default on all of this is that well the that the specific churches that Jesus was speaking to here and throughout the book of revelation, they went through a time of, of, of tribulation. So why would we think we get out when they didn't? So, um, obviously I, I have a leaning there, but, uh, uh, it's, those are interesting talking points, but I think the key things that we need to remind our listeners of is that Jesus promised, you know, you have been faithful, you have endured. Um, I'm, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to keep you uh, when times of testing come your way. That's good. That's a valid point, Chris, because we all have our uh, opinion on, uh, on the best way to interpret uh, these eschatological passages about the millennium, about the end times. Uh, but what we need to do, or, or actually what we don't need to do, is make that a a, a, a basis of your belief. Uh, if, if how can you believe that and say you love Jesus? You know, people we we think we've people's got to believe just like I do, or else they're they're just wrong and they're wrong about everything else. Uh, we don't. This is not that standard for our faith. I served on a church staff for many years, uh, and in the, over over time, I discovered that on our church staff, uh, we had three of the major millennial views represented. And by the way, this was a great staff. We loved each other. We worked great together. But this was one area, man, we didn't see eye to eye on. Hmm. And it didn't matter. I mean, it's we held to God's word, uh, but when we came to interpretation, this did not become a, a standard of of a, a statement of faith for us. You have to believe it this way. And I, so I hope in our, our classes, as we talk about the Church of Philadelphia, and we get to this uh, this verse here, this verse ten, that we just hey, here's some different ways to view this, uh, and we kind of kind of let it go with that. Right. So and let me most, take it. Go ahead, Christina, please. Oh Yeah, I was just going to add to that. And, you know, it doesn't matter what the church goes through. It doesn't or when they go through it. What matters here is the point that Chris made a moment ago is that God promises to protect us, that he's going to be with us, that our souls will remain 
intact. You know, we're, we're not going to lose our salvation or anything like that. So, so that's the most important thing. That's right. And so when, as we come to this, the one conclusion we can make is Jesus is coming back. Yeah. And that gets us into verse 11, where he, Jesus says, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. The one who conquers, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will never go out again. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. And here he he closes with this classic closing, let anyone who has ears to hear, listen to what the spirit says to the churches. One of our uh, recent podcasts, uh, someone made a point to point out that uh, this is what is this is to all the churches, not to just to the Church of Philadelphia, uh, for all of us as believers who have ears to hear, let all of us listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. So it is a reminder that it applies to all of the churches. Sure. It's just like, uh, you know, when when um, when I got in trouble as a kid, I, I may have been the one getting in trouble, but this that warning was still heard by my sisters. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And Jesus is telling us to to hold on here. That's right. You know, he said he's he's coming back. He says he and, and you know, the thing about this is that Jesus understands suffering. Because he suffered. He suffered a lot, you know, when he went to the cross for us. And, and so he knows that we're going to suffer, you know, whether it's the tribulation or other events. You know, look at this pandemic, the suffering that has been created in our churches, in our communities all over the world. You know, Jesus has he understands what we're going through. Uh, but mm-hmm. one day he wants us to understand that all of this suffering is going to end, not when we get the vaccine, but when he returns. Because, you know, even after the pandemic, there may be other things that we go through. But when Jesus comes back, it'll all be over. He says, hold on. And when we finish that race, life's race, then there will be a crown waiting for us. Amen. Amen. So crown there is a reference to reward, can we assume? Sure. Yes. Okay. All right. So what you hear then is we just need to faithfully trust God as we go about our business, as we go about the work of ministering to other people. Just be faithful. One of the questions that was asked um, in, I think, Brian's resource for adults is, how can we help each other hold on? How can we help each other to hold on to all that we have in Christ? So it's a um, and maybe a way to encourage each other um, in our in our group sessions is to you know what can we do for each other uh, to help us to hold on and remain faithful uh, to Christ? All right, so we have talked about the Church of Philadelphia. Thank you, uh, Christina and Lynn, for uh, your insights and for sharing them with us for causing the theme of Rocky to play in our minds, Lynn. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, 
we want to thank those of you who are listening. I expect that, that we're going to have that in our outtakes now. Or, uh, when, when you edit this, Lynn, we're going to, we're going to hear that. Um, <laughs> uh, we want to thank you who listen to our podcast for, for joining us today. Hope that this has been helpful to you and beneficial to you. Um, either as a way to prepare uh, for your group session this week or as a way to kind of reinforce some of the things you talked about in your group. Uh, we know that your group, different individuals use this podcast in different ways. We're just delighted that you've taken the time and hope that this has been helpful to you. We do uh, know that a lot of our, our listeners are group leaders, teachers, uh, uh or help to facilitate the discussion of conversations around these scripture passages. So we have some uh, some helps, we hope, for you. Lynn's going to tell you, Lynn and Christina are going to talk a little bit about the U curriculum, and then Christina has a teaching tip. Yes, and um, we have a, uh, again, as I said at the outset of this podcast, uh, I call you a sister product uh, of the Bible Studies for Life family <clears throat> because it, it's doing the exact same study of the Church of Philadelphia right now, but it is designed, uh, the text is tweaked, the, the graphics, everything to fit an urban audience, an African-American church setting. And I really like the work Christine and her team have done to really make it fit that audience. Uh, so, uh, Christina, I, I, I'm just going to shut up for a minute. Let you talk about what you love about the U curriculum. Okay. What I love about this work is that it's, it's very convenient. It's one resource, one book, but it has three different features. It has a learner, a leader, and an inspirational feature or devotions. We also have, uh, uh a historical or cultural feature called Did You Know? And a digging deeper feature for biblical and, and uh, theological points that, that are made in the lesson. Uh, now we're digital, digital. You can download the you uh, the curriculum. And this is great if you're still meeting online or, or still practicing social distancing. And we also have the U Leader Pack, which is new this year. Uh, the Leader Pack is just like the Bible Studies for Life Leader Pack. It provides extra tools for the classroom teacher and, you know, whether posters or handouts and charts and, and, and those items. Look, look for you at lifeway.com slash you. And we have a blog, you.lifeway.com as well. Right. So for those who uh, the, your, your church context is urban, African-American, you remember, but I, I don't want to give up the pack or the resources. I like having the daily discipleship guide, for example, switching to you is still provides you all those things. That's why we par we're partnering together uh, to provide resources for the urban church. And, and I think Christina, again, as I said, has done a great job with it. Now, if you go to where she told you to go, uh, lifeway.com slash you, Y-O-U, you can actually see some samples there. You can download them. Uh, put it right, right up alongside what you're using now, and you'll see, yes, these are the same studies, but they're different because they're geared for that urban audience. Uh, so thanks for that. Now, Christina, let's, uh, let's turn, let's get real practical for a minute. Talk to us as teachers for just a moment. Okay, I do have a teaching tip for us today. And, and this is related to what we've been talking about, trusting God. 
So as teachers, your tip today is to trust God to do his part. So what I mean by that is sometimes even as a teacher, everything just takes a turn for the worst. Your drive to class may be impeded by a stalled car, or you may even get a speeding ticket, something like that. <laughs> your, your technology suddenly goes kaput. And then worse, no one seems interested in the group discussion at all. <laughs> Find solace in knowing that you have done your part. You have prayed, you've prepared, and now you are teaching. All that's left for you to do is to trust God to do his part. Trust God to do his part. Well, Excellent. we it really is. And, and our whole emphasis today has been to remain faithful in all things. And uh, that is a great word of encouragement to those who are group leaders. And so I thank you for taking the time to share that with us, Christina. We again want to thank you for listening to this podcast for Bible Studies for Life and uh, look forward to you being with us uh, for our final conversation um, in this series on the churches in Revelation. <music>